This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello. How's it going? Happy day to you. Happy belated Father's Day. In my home, you know, we usually celebrate events for uh, several days and sometimes a week. Of course, um, this was the first Father's Day without my LOML, the love of my life. Uh, I had a mixed day yesterday. I actually enjoyed the morning, uh, the afternoon, I should say. Um, We prepared for our um, Facebook Live um, service, and that's called Meet of the Word, Um, My daughter joined me and um, a few others um, on Facebook Live, and we actually did a tribute to our Heavenly Father, because he's Father number one. And then we also, of course, talked about my hubby. Uh, So that was good. And then I decided to go and have some barbecue, BBQ, barbecue, at one of the spots that uh, Chris and I used to frequent, um, I was doing it to um, just kind of commemorate a time that um, I took him and his dad out. We took, we went out um, with his dad and and him, and and we took him to a big, beautiful brunch, and um, it was out at uh, the Air Force Base out in Bowling. And um, so that just kind of, and it was a barbecue style. It was a fancy brunch, but it was barbecue style, okay? Chicken, beef, um, I can't even remember all the kinds of meat. What kind of meats do you have for barbecues? All different choices. Corn on the cob, uh, of course, potato salad, you know, just all kinds of barbecue and I thought about that, and I said, well, I'm going to go find me some barbecue so I can, you know, kind of just in my own way celebrate with, with, with my hubby or celebrate thinking about my husband. And the food was good. It was slamming. It was jamming right here in my local Waldorf area. It took me back. It was just what I wanted. Uh, but on the way... On the way, I got a call from a daughter, and my my sweetie pie, my grandbaby, was having a hard time, and she was crying and she was upset because she's very smart and she knew that this was Father's Day yesterday, and she was missing her papa, she was missing her grandpa, and so that kind of triggered um, some 
some feelings of sadness for me and some disturbance. And, you know, I talked her through that with her mommy and, and uh, that just tugged on my heart a little bit. But here we are. Here we are. I decided to do some positive things um, after managing that. I decided to make some um, Facebook tributes um, to my hubby and dedicate some a song to him that he used to really like and uh, just channel my energy in a positive way. And that kind of, that helped, you know, because one of the instructions the Lord gave me concerning my grief um, was to celebrate Chris's life. And making those posts and doing those things helped me to lift the sadness. Um, it's so hard when you see your loved ones um, grieving also, though, you know. And so I shed a few tears. I'm, you know, not, I'm transparent here. I shed a few tears, but... That was something positive that I did to help me get through it, and I'm thanking the Lord for that because he is a good father, all right? So um, moving forward, I did try to find a guest. Uh, it was a last-minute thought because um, my schedule's just been so busy. I did try to find a last-minute guest that could come on um, and talk to you about um uh, how he feels about being a father, and it was one of Chris's um, good, good, good friends from um, many, many years back. Um, I've never had him come on before. Um, he was Chris's best man, and he has known my family uh, for just you know he knew Chris before I even met Chris. And it just so happened that he was booked tonight. So we're making plans, people. We're making plans. I asked him if he could come anyway um, at a later time. And so now we're going to put some thought into it and some, you know, more serious planning into it, and I'm going to have him come. And uh, that will kind of jumpstart our preparations for celebrating Chris's birthday, which will be coming up in August, and some other things. So anyway... I didn't get to, you know, get that scheduled, and we won't be interrupting our series at this point. Um, we are in the middle of a series called Spiritual Abuse, okay? And I decided that I would stick with that since I wasn't able to come up with something for Father's Day. This is still relevant. It is very important. It is sadly very prevalent. Spiritual abuse, man, it can be devastating. It can literally rob a person of their spiritual destiny. It can literally rob them of their relationship with God, the Father, with his son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. That's how serious this can be, okay? And so what I did um, a few weeks ago is I did some research because of some things that I myself have experienced and have walked through. The thought just occurred to me um, that I wanted to see what kind of research I could find about this. And I found several 
different articles, and I've been reading from some of the ones that I found from CBN. And I'm going to pick up there. I'm going to pick up there and talk about some more of this information in this article. This one is called Beware of Spiritual Abuse, and it is by Craig Von Busick, D. Ministry, so that's probably a doctor of ministry, um, cbn.com. I'm on page four here, and I'm going to pick it up by reading this. It says... Um, yeah, I'll start here. The Christian seeking guidance from a spiritual leader must also be on the lookout for the dangerous trap of spiritual elitism. Elitism. That can be produced. It can produce an us and them. Basically, us or them mentality okay boy oh boy boy oh boy could i could i ad lib on that one i think i will ad lib a little bit on that one because we got a break coming up pretty soon when i came to the east coast that was one of the primary patterns that i saw at the various churches that chris and i attended the church people the Christians in the church were not warm or receptive. They had more of a me and mine, you and yours, us and them attitude. All of them wanted membership. All of them wanted members. This is what's crazy. They all wanted members, but they didn't know how to embrace people or to receive members. It was like you come in and you be indoctrinated immediately or else you're an outcast. But yet we want you here. But yet we want you here and it makes you go like scratching your head. What do you want people in if – if you've got your little clique and your little group, then why do you even bother? Why do you even bother to so-called evangelize? Why do you even bother to invite people to come to your church? Because they had no, no concept of fellowship, of love, of receiving people, of um, being family. It was literally us and them. I was talking to someone a few days ago, uh, and she was confirming that when she came to, well, actually when her husband came to this area, he came from Texas, and she was confirming that he um, voiced the same kinds of concerns. He would speak to people on the, you know, in the business world and in the church world, but he would speak to someone and say, hey, to like another man, and how are you doing? And the, the man would look at him like, are you talking to me? Like, what are you talking to me for? I don't know you. Or if he would just in casual conversation say to a, a lady, um, hello, how are you? You have a beautiful smile. She would look at him like, um, what do you want from me? I don't know you. And this was the underlying attitude. He felt like he was like dropped into 
a different time zone. And I laughed because that is exactly how I felt when I came here. It wasn't one church. It wasn't two church. It was multiple churches. It's like either you're with us or you're with them. Don't bother us, but bother us. Back after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. Thank God I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I'm back, and we are talking about the dangers and being aware of spiritual abuse. I just described to you my um, experience when I moved to the East Coast and how I was speaking to someone else just a few days ago who confirmed her husband had the same response. He came from Texas where people were more open and warm. I came from California, 
which in their own way, the Californians were even more open and um, friendly. They have other issues, um, at least when I was there. They, it was very easy for me when I moved to a certain part of uh, California, um, which was the Lompoc area, for me to feel like I was at home. It was very easy to do. Not that they didn't have issues in the churches there, too, because that's the human experience. But it was drastically different when I came here to the East Coast. Um, So the article goes on to say, this is a telltale sign of spiritual abuse. When you have an us and them mentality, when the pastor of the church is basically teaching very subtly and sometimes not so subtly that what their church is doing and what they are preaching is all that matters, what what their... uh, Preaching is the way that it should be. In other words, no one else, no one else is right. No one else can feed you. You can't glean from anyone. You can't share this um, this uh, journey. You know, um, you can only go here. You know, and if you if you break this rule then you're considered to be rebellious, okay, or of the devil, or in a spirit of error. If you've heard any of those phrases before, I have. (laughs) Okay, I'll give an example from my own personal life. Chris and I um, were involved with a particular ministry, and we've been involved with several in the area, but we were involved with a particular ministry, and... um, um, we, I in particular, this ministry did not have a women's focus per se. They didn't have a women's program or, you know, focus per se, at least not at the time. And um, I was attending the other services, the Bible study and the morning worship and Sunday school and things like that. But I have a passion for women's ministry, as you all know, if you've been listening to me for any time. And so I was longing for that fellowship, longing to be involved in that kind of fellowship. And they did a special service with one of the churches that they were supposedly involved with at the time. And... um, I asked the pastor if it was okay for me to get the number of that other church because they apparently they were they had women's ministry meetings men, men, women's ministry fellowships and I thought well since they're fellowshipping together that that would be okay to do since our church didn't have a women's fellowship department well even after giving me the number and I um Called, reached out to to that pastor. I guess that pastor was concerned that, um, for whatever reason, I don't know, you know how people are, that she better talk to the pastor to make sure it's okay for me to visit her church. <laughs> and when she talked to the pastor, even though the pastor, um, I I don't want to misquote the story. I think I got the number from the pastor. I may have gotten it from a flyer. Okay, just to be on the safe side. But when our pastor learned that I had asked about their women's program, I was called into a meeting and I was rebuked 
just for asking, just for asking, and accused or treated as though I was trying to start a women's ministry or something. And she demanded to know my personal credentials, my ministerial credentials, and it was just horrifying. It was just very abusive, and 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 the message was well well read. You don't go to anybody else's church, <laughs> but my church. If you're going to be a part of this church, okay. So then this article goes on to say, a healthy spiritual leader, on the other hand, respects and encourages the other churches and ministries in the community. Now, I have to add here that I agree. I agree. If that pastor, spiritual leader, does know that those other churches and ministries are legit, okay, if they do um, demonstrate the love of Christ, if they do um, have similar, um, uh, very similar uh, beliefs and doctrines, you know, then I think that there should be fellowship amongst, if it was up to me, there would be no denominations. There would be one church in every city, one church body, and every um, group, if you will, every congregation would still be of one, one, uh, uh, one mind, one body, one spirit. Okay, so in other words, we would all be like the Church of Waldorf, maybe one, two, three, four, and five. The Church of Waldorf one, the Church of Waldorf two, the Church of Waldorf three. But we would all be of one mind, one. <laughs> faith and one baptism that would sure make it easier okay so i do think that the pastor should be uh, uh make recommendations regarding that because it does cause confusion if your members are going to a church that doesn't believe in the gifts of the spirit that doesn't believe in you know the fivefold ministry like the apostolic the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the teacher. So that will cause confusion, okay? But the article goes on to say um, that a healthy spiritual leader will encourage the other churches and ministries in the community to recognize that there are several different expressions of the body of Christ. A spiritual free a spiritually free pastor realizes that no one can no one denomination or local church can represent the love of Jesus to a city you know it takes all of us it takes all of us and there's more than enough work to be done so that i agree with okay a healthy church i'll say i'll take it even further a spirit led church a spirit-led church will be a healthy church. A healthy church will promote revival in the entire Christian community. It will not promote the idea that it has some kind of doctrinal or spiritual superiority. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When I walked through that spirit experience, it was very, very um, upsetting. It was. It felt... It felt um, it even felt offensive, like uh, 
what is this? Like, excuse me for even asking. Like, and it also felt like, excuse me, you don't own me. You don't own me. I'm not a piece of your pro. I'm not a piece of property. I do belong to Jesus Christ. I do agree with fellowshipping and submitting to leadership, but um, that kind of um, scrutiny and not even asking nicely, but demanding, I'm you are in trouble. You are. You will come to a meeting and you will bring your spiritual credentials with you. And telling me off, okay? In a healthy relationship, a spiritual mentor will provide godly counsel from selfless motives. A healthy spiritual leader is not trying to control you, you and your every move, your every move, your every thought. They are concerned about you. They know that they're responsible for for your soul, so they will um, counsel and advise you, but from a selfless motive, from the perspective of helping you to grow and be all that God has called you to be. And they understand that a time may come for different ones in the congregation to venture out, to leave, to maybe um, start their own um, uh, ministry of some sort. Um, That's supposedly what this is all about, is like creating other disciples and raising up more disciples so that they can continue the work. And a healthy leader will understand that and rejoice in that, will lay hands on you, if they if they bear witness with that call on your life and send you out and even support you, that's how the ministry continues to grow, okay? They will rejoice that you are being sent out to be a blessing somewhere else, not become resentful and angry with you and tell everybody else not to talk to you and not to have anything to do with you. In this same ministry, uh, we experienced that. Um, Chris and I attempted to make friendships and relationships with other couples in the ministry, um, just other people in general, and this pastor, as soon as uh, they found out about it, would go back behind our backs not even tell us to our faces, go back behind our backs and tell those people to stay away from us and not to have anything to do with us because we were in error. And and to this day, I can't even tell you honestly why we were supposedly in error. Um, they could spend more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes 
dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A Black Nurse. <laughs> Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I'm talking about spiritual abuse, and I'm giving examples from my own life, but I'm also reading from an article um, written by Craig Von Busick, D. Ministry, uh, Doctorate of Ministry, I'm assuming that that's what that means, and it says, Beware of Spiritual uh, Abuse, and he's giving um, examples of spiritual abuse. And uh, one of the things I thought of during the break is that I also wanted to say about this particular ministry that we were involved with, this person was not just that way to me and Chris, okay? It wasn't just uh, us. Um, This was their overall mode of operandi, okay? Uh, Pitting one against the other, um, going behind the backs of others and pitting one against the other, um, telling other couples not to associate with us, but then later telling us to reach out to that couple because the couple was having trouble and needed um, some other couple's support and spiritual fellowship and guidance. Just manipulative, controlling, abusive behavior. Um, There were times when this pastor would even tell people in the congregation to basically shut up. They didn't know what they were talking about. You don't know nothing. Their attitude was, I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor, and you you bow to me. You bow to me. You don't know nothing. Okay? (laughs) So... He goes on to say in the article, if the godly counsel that you receive is not giving you peace or rest in your soul, it may not be from the Lord. Okay, I know the Lord can drop some things on us that will trouble us and disturb us sometimes, but he's just telling you to beware, beware, okay? If you're receiving ungodly counsel or counsel that is disturbing and troubling you it may not be from the lord okay remember godly counsel is only one of the 
seven keys of God's guidance. You should never rely solely on the advice or input from another human being, and this is even a pastor, in determining God's will for your life, regardless of how long they have been walking with the Lord. It is so important that you also seek the Lord himself, that you also study the word and look for examples of what you're seeking him about in the word. It is also important that you get wise counsel from more than one person, if if at all possible. Um, the Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. I'm ad-libbing on this, okay? He... Um, he he's just simply saying that you don't put that pastor in a, such a position and on such a pedestal that they can take over your life and you make major decisions and do's and don'ts based on their approval or their disapproval. Okay? He's saying that's dangerous. Um, jump down a little bit and it says here, a couple of paragraphs down, there must be a balance between humbly seeking guidance from a person of spiritual authority and subjecting yourself to the manipulative practice of spiritual uh, abuse. This particular pastor, um, even if you went to them for counsel or if you went to them with a question or if you went to them with a concern, you were chewed out regardless. You were chewed out for asking. You were chewed out if you acted without asking. You were chewed out if you um, offered input. (laughs) The message was, I'm the pastor. You don't question me. You don't offer me counsel. You don't do anything but what I say do. And any discrepancy was attributed to... um, that individual's own personal problems or the devil. Okay, oh, I know where this is coming from. I know where this is coming from. This is because uh, of, of, of this, you know, something that happened in your life. This is because, in my case, this is because you were abused. Now, mind you, they wouldn't have never known about my being sexually abused had I not shared my testimony and my book with them. But they used that as a weapon and, and as a tool any time we had a difference of opinion. I know where this is coming from. This is coming from the fact that you were abused. You, you've been damaged. You so that you they they tried to use. I'll say tried to use because that didn't work on me. That garbage didn't work on me. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord had already done a work in my life and had already uh, blessed me to overcome the um, the devastation of me being abused and and had already allowed me to write my books and had been using me in ministry for years. But this pastor saw that as an opportunity to try to control me and continually tried to use that against me to to cause me to uh, submit 
to submit to their abuse. Okay? This article goes on to say, finding that balance is an ongoing process in life. So they're saying it's not easy. It's not easy for pastors to be godly pastors and to deal with humans and to deal with their issues and 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 their traumas and and all of that. It's it's not easy. And it's not easy for the 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 person who's seeking godly godly counsel and who may have traumas or who may have troubles and issues to to be able to trust and have the experience and soundness and whatnot to make the right decision. So it is an ongoing process, and it, and it is um, necessary to find a balance, okay? They say, he says, but it is necessary to struggle. It is a necessary struggle. It is a necessary struggle that will prevent you from becoming weary and worn on one hand, trying to jump through religious hoops, that promise God's acceptance and love, and and on the other hand, from becoming an island unto yourself, because what people often do is that they have to go through all this rigmarole and all this manipulation and all this control and all this abuse, then many times they will be ran away from the church. They will be ran away from the church. They will say, "Forget it. I don't need to do. I don't. I don't need to be involved." in any of this, and so they will become an island unto themselves, okay? Determining what is right in your own eyes alone. The devil wants to isolate us. He wants to cause us to just uh, reject all of it and just strike out on our own so he can um, target us more easily, you know, because fellowship is something that the Lord commands. He said that we are to um, assemble ourselves one with the other. Now, the Lord told me many years ago, upon even before I came to the East Coast, that it was going to be more and more difficult, that the time was coming and now is that you would it, you would have a very hard time finding a church that would preach the unadulterated word of god okay where people would basically be um getting the truth of the word the unadulterated word of the lord not finding a church where the pastor is seeker friendly where they're just preaching messages you know that just tickle the people's ears the Lord told me a long time ago that that was going to be difficult. I found that I stepped right into that. Oh, my goodness. And I know that it's a sign of the times. I know that it's the sign of the times that we are living in. But he still says for us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves one with the other. So if you can't find it in a large group, seek the Lord and... um you know, ask him to give you a small group, a small group of, of people to join with, a prayer group perhaps, um, you know, a women's group perhaps, a men's group perhaps. It doesn't have to be in a, a large mega church. You actually probably really seriously won't get what you're needing in that type of a setting, 
because there's just not enough um, hands-on. But um, there are other options, you know, prayer groups, men's groups, women's groups. There are other options. But we do need to assemble ourselves with one another. So he goes on to say, and I think, I'll, yes, this will finish up this article. If you find yourself striving to gain the acceptance of spiritual leaders, or if your church constantly requires more and more of your life with no end in sight and little encouragement along the way, then you may want to reexamine the church you are attending. I can assure you that I witnessed this. Um, like I said, this wasn't didn't only happen with me. It happened with other members of the congregation. It caused um, marriages to split up. It caused people to leave the church. The church ceased to grow. The ones that were there were being worked and worked and worked to death. And um, they um, were just basically having the life sucked out of them. One lady in particular um, only faced criticism from the pastor and finally decided that it was better to join her. You know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of a thing, that it was better to join her. So one day she publicly, publicly came to church and stood up and made an announcement that she would submit. She was just berated so much and beat up so much that she just publicly announced that she would she wanted to please the pastor and do whatever the pastor wanted so she would submit to that pastor. And boy was that a bad decision because after that her problems didn't end. Her marriage her marriage suffered constitution in her home or after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, and any major bookstore. Overcoming Sexual Abuse. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world. 
and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R, dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Tugginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I'm talking, and I forgot to unmute. (laughs) All right, people, now I am back, and I am talking um, from another article. I'm going to read from another article called Warning Signs of Spiritual Abuse, Part 2. And this one is by Mike Felauer, F-E-H-L-A-U-E-R, Felauer. And this one I'm going to pick up on page two here where it says unquestioned authority unquestioned authority in a unhealthy church in an unhealthy church people this is what you look for this is what lets you know if you're in an unhealthy church it is considered rebellion when someone questions decisions that are made or statements that are said from the pulpit, okay? Granted, there are those who constantly question leadership in any church, but often such constant questioning comes from an individual's critical attitude. So he's giving for the fact that, you know, you're all going to have personalities and certain people that that are going to be questionable and, and contrary, but that's, that's not the just of what he's saying here. Um, he's saying that when you are discouraged from asking questions, when it's not allowed for you to ask questions about decisions that have been made from the pulpit or, you know, like from uh, just leadership in general, then you need to be careful. I personally experienced this. My husband and I were literally kicked out of a meeting because we were in the meeting to discuss finances of the ministry. All of us were there for a business meeting by request, and when they started talking about the financial troubles of the ministry, now both we were givers, we were we gave our offerings and we gave our 
part part of our tithes to that ministry because we had equipping the saints ministry at the same time, but um, we were givers, and um, when we began to ask questions, well, you know, is it okay for us to know the expenses of the ministry? Oh my goodness, that was like throwing a grenade in the middle of <laughs> a war zone. We were berated criticized, loud talked, and eventually asked to leave. Now the message here was how and I and and I was directly asked what kind of a question is that? Like how dare you even ask us about the expenses of the ministry? I said, hey, I've been here for a while now and I've never seen a report or even in any of our other meetings where you give a report of the, you know, expenses, the income, the expenses of the ministry. I said it's just a basic question to me so that, you know, we can kind of, like, try to decide should we give more, could we give, what, where's the money going, what are the true needs. So, so you know, oh, that was World War Three. No, maybe that was World War No, I, I think World War Three is probably appropriate. And we were asked to leave, which I gladly said, I don't ever have to come back here again. <laughs> I don't know what kind of church this is, because this is not of God. So my bells went off. My bells went off. But this article is validating, and I'm agreeing with this person. In an unhealthy church, it is considered rebellion, when someone questions decisions that are made of statements. And that's what I was told. They told Chris, get your wife out of here. She's of the devil <laughs> for asking about the expenses. Although we were being asked to give more money and being fussed out and being told that we weren't giving enough money. Okay. Red red alarms, red flag, alarms, red flag, okay? He goes on to say, pastors must learn to deal with such questioning in compassionate, positive manners, okay? That's, that's with the individual that is maybe critical or maybe asking questions all the time. But even overall, pastors must learn to deal with such questioning in compassionate, positive manner. Believe it or not, folks, the word of God applies to that pastor just as much as it applies to you. Okay, God is holding them to a higher standard than he's even holding the average person, the sheep. Okay? Because that pastor is in charge of your soul. So that pastor is supposed to possess compassion, patience, gentleness, kindness, you know, they're supposed to be able to handle that. They're human, yes, but you should not get your head chewed off by any spiritual leader for asking a legitimate question and even an possibly illegitimate question. The article goes on to say, however, in an unhealthy church, any and all questions are considered threats to the pastor's God-ordained authority 
You see that? You see that? Any and all questions are considered threats to the pastor's God-ordained authority. That's how that pastor sees it. That unhealthy church is because there's an unhealthy pastor. And that unhealthy pastor is insecure. And therefore they see any questions as a threat to them. Members who do dare to question their leaders or who do not follow their directives often are confronted with severe consequences. Yes, we were asked to leave that meeting which led to us deciding with counsel, with counsel, we we sought the Lord about it, we prayed about it, and we sought counsel from other leaders in that organization that led to us leaving that ministry because it was that severe, okay? And then you won't believe it. You won't believe it that those same leaders had the nerves to then begin to ask us, to come back and help with various aspects of the ministry. Come back and do praise and worship. Come back and play and sing for this event or that event. Come back and visit. On the, This is the craziness of a spiritually abusive environment. The, the one who is leading it, the ones who are leading it, are sick themselves. They're, they're sick themselves. We actually, because we were not victims, we felt victimized at times, but we were not victims. And the Lord did lead us to go back and help because we were able to recognize that these people had some serious issues. God was trying to impart light and love and his example to them. He was using us to do that. Uh, sad to say, in the end, they dug their heels in and, and decided to continue to be who they were. But anyway, back to the article, because I'm running out of time. Um, he says, a man from one church told me, we were told that it is more important to obey leaders than to question what they are doing. He went on to say it was unthinkable, it was unthinkable to question the motives of the pastor. Well, even in Scripture, even in Scripture, Paul teaches us that we should not rebuke an elder, okay? But if you continue to read the chapter, that same chapter that talks about not rebuking an elder goes on to say, unless it be in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's the way God confirms most things, is in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's how he confirms prophecy, okay? That's how he confirms, like, uh, direction. When you're seeking him about direction for things, he'll often give you an answer in two or three forms. So to bring an accusation against an elder also requires two or three witnesses. We're supposed to entreat them with respect and with honor and with, you know, the reverence of one who cares for your soul. But if they are in error, if they are in serious error, if it's something that can harm the body that they're 
in charge of, then it is appropriate to take that matter to a leader, to another leader in your church, and and to have other witnesses with you. And that leader is responsible for calling a meeting, for calling a fast, for calling for prayer, for asking God to help them to know how to intervene and how to deal with this situation because it is not acceptable for any leader that God has called to abuse, to spiritually abuse their authority and therefore to abuse the sheep, the people of God. If they are hurting, if they themselves are wounded, they may need a sabbatical. They may need some time off. They may need to be ministered to. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they are not to abuse and misuse the call of God on their lives. Until next time, people. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you.